is it possible to run an efficient agency with eight part-time contractors while working part-time? For Kara, the answer is yes. Though this might not be a way of running a business for everyone, it shows that how you choose to operate your business can 100% fit your priorities. And for Kara, that is undoubtedly the case. Her priorities are her three kids and her mission to employ young moms by providing as much flexibility as possible in her business. In this episode, you'll hear how she makes it work and how small but mighty agencies of today are changing. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Small But Mighty Agency Podcast. If you're a creative consultant or agency owner who wants to know what the roller coaster ride really looks like to grow your business from one to many, you're in the right place. My guest and I pull back the curtains on the realities of growing and running agencies of different sizes and what it takes to build a team. And if you're anything like me, you want more than the highlight reel. You want to learn from the mistakes of others so that you can stop short of making the same mistakes. I'm your host, Audrey Joy Kwan. I spend my days as a coach and consultant to multiple six and seven figure agency owners. For the last seven years, I've been behind the scenes helping people grow, lead and operate small but mighty agencies. Here at the Small But Mighty Agency podcast, we'll uncover what works and equally as important what didn't work to get these business owners to where they are today. Hi, Kara. Welcome to the Small But Mighty Agency podcast. We're going to dive into the concept of running an agency on part-time hours. But before we get to the juicy details, tell us about your business and who you serve. Yeah, so we are Social for Good, a social impact marketing agency that supports entrepreneurs, nonprofits, and small businesses with big missions. We do digital marketing, so social media, email marketing, websites, design, all of that to support those businesses, to amplify their positive messaging, to create authentic community online and spark belief in a vision for a better future. Your business runs on part-time hours. Before we get to the how, share with us the why. Sure. So I'm a mom of three. My kids are nine, seven, and four. So they're still pretty young. They are pretty hands-on. You know, they need a lot of support from me and I'm their primary caregiver. My husband works full-time in the medical field. And so he has a busy schedule. And so I have been their primary caregiver since they were born. So last summer in 2020, I was freelancing for a social media agency. So supporting clients in their Instagram and that kind of thing. When that agency unfortunately closed, I was left with a few clients that still wanted to work with me. So I decided at that point, well, maybe I should start my own thing and see how it goes. So I started doing that. I continued to support those couple of clients. I was doing that very part-time. I was managing virtual school for my kids because it was like right in the middle of the pandemic. And word of mouth kept growing about the work that I was doing and more people wanted to work with me. And so at that point, I knew I had to be a intentional with my time because I was still the primary caregiver for my kids, managing virtual school and all of that. And then also, you know, thinking about building an agency instead of just being a freelancer, you know, if I wanted to grow this, if I wanted to really do social impact marketing and make that really a thing, I would need to add on support as well. How does your weekly schedule look like running an agency part-time? So right now, my kids are back in in in-person school. So the mornings are spent with them getting ready for school, you know, getting them up and ready and packing lunches and all that kind of stuff. So then I have a little bit of a chunk of time during the day 
when my kids are in school. So my youngest is still in preschool. So she's not even in school full time. So while she's at school and when she's napping, I will get in some work here and there. And then evening times, afternoon, late afternoons are spent with the family. So dinner time, homework, all of that kind of thing. And then late at night is when I get some of my other work done. And so that balance has really worked pretty well for me. It's not a quote unquote traditional schedule, but it enables me to have client meetings during the day, get tasks done at night and still spend you know the majority of my time with my family. If we were to put hours to the amount of time you spend in your business per week, can you estimate how many hours that would be? Yeah, probably sit down hours is more like 20. I mean, of course, as the CEO, I'm always thinking about it. It's something that's always on my mind. But sit down hours at the computer, you know, on the phone would be about 20 hours a week. You run your agency with a team of eight part-time contractors. How do you make that work for you and the clients? Yeah, so there's a team. There's eight of us right now. Everyone is a part-time contractor. Most of the team are also moms with young kids at home. And so they're also primary caregivers for their kids. And so when continue to add new team members, continue to grow the agency and support new clients, we knew that we had to become really good at collaboration and communication in order to make sure that we were serving our clients with excellence while also still maintaining our sanity at home and taking care of the kids and managing our our household um, so that we can kind of manage doing both. And so we've had to create this unique work environment that supported both of those priorities. From the get-go, you decided that you would have a team of support. For many marketers who start a business, they take a skill they have and offer it as a service and stay that way for a while until they bump up to capacity. That wasn't the case for you. It sounds like having a team came naturally. So when I initially decided that I was going to bring on team members, that I couldn't do it all myself and I didn't want to, I knew the first person that I wanted to hire was an operations manager, someone that could come in and support that side of the business. I am a big ideas person. I love connecting with our clients. I love networking and I love coming up with a strategy, but managing the day-to-day pieces of the business is not something within my skill set. And I knew just the person that I wanted to hire. And so when she and I had several different conversations about what it would look like to work together, we really came up with a plan of, you know, splitting up the the tasks that needed to be done and having her sort of oversee everything and all the operations, managing, creating workflows. So when we brought on new team members, they would have, you know, an onboarding process. When we brought on new clients, they would have an onboarding process. You know, she was really instrumental in creating all of those all of those processes so that I could focus on, you know, the marketing side and growing the business. Coming from an agency background and having worked in one for a while before you started your journey as an agency owner, it sounds like you had a firm grip on the organizational structure you wanted in your business. Sometimes it takes a while to figure out what works best. Give us an example of how you work with your chief operating officer. Sure. So Aubrey is our chief operating officer. So she will, her and I will either meet with the client together initially, or if that doesn't work with her schedule, because again, we have super flexible and differing schedules. I'll record the meeting with the client so she can watch it on her own time, really get an understanding of the client and what they need. And then we go into our designating tasks. So what are the onboarding tasks that need to happen for the client to get what they need? You know, what do we need to collect from the client? What questions do we need answered? All of that. 
So she collects all of that information and then works with the rest of the team to figure out who do we need now to execute the plan? You know, do we need a strategist? Do we need a designer? You know, who are the people on our team that can provide that support? And so she's really instrumental in once the client is coming on board, then she really disseminates that information to the client and to the team. So she kind of like straddles both of those. Running an all part-time team must have its own unique challenges. Can you share more? Oh, there's lots of challenges for sure. So um, number one is timeliness. So it's really important for me to deliver our, our tasks and everything that we're doing for our clients on time, right? So what we've learned is we need to set a lot longer of a lead time because we're not all sitting in the office all day together when a new client comes on board okay great we can all manage this right now and get it done it's like okay first of all we need to figure out who has capacity because that may have changed since we onboarded a client you know someone had a baby or someone has kids homesick or whatever the case may be there's lots of variables so determining who has capacity to take on more work for the client so we have to have extra lead time so that we can figure out you know, who that person is and and sort through that. And our different contractors on our team all work different amount of hours. Some people have capacity to work 10, 15, you know, 20 hours a week, where some people are only working five or 10. And so they obviously have less capacity. So then it's like, okay, we sort of have a bigger team than we necessarily need, quote unquote, because we are all working less hours. And so it's just kind of like a little bit more difficult sometimes to navigate who's doing what. But I think over time, we've developed these processes where we can determine really easily and a lot faster who can do what and and by when so that we can be very clear to our clients what we can deliver. There's a lot of complexity writing a team of eight part-time contractors, including trying to figure out people's schedules and time management. Do you see yourself transitioning into full-time employees or even full-time contractors? I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe eventually for sure. But I think for right now, we really enjoy working as part-time contractors, as a part-time team, because it allows us the flexibility to be there for our families when we need it. And this is something I think a conversation that we've had a lot of during the pandemic when parents are working full-time nine to five at home, they have kids, you know, even without the pandemic, that's a struggle to be like, Like today, for example, my daughter had an orthodontist appointment in the middle of the day. You know, if you have a regular traditional nine to five job, that's really difficult to manage. But I think for me, the priority is, okay, how do we create an environment and a space for women, especially young mothers to have a career that still allows them to be there for their family the way that they want to? And so, you know, will we go to full-time hours? Maybe, but will that be strictly nine to five? Probably not, because that's not the life that I want. And I know for so many moms that we work with, you know, our clients and our contractors, that's not the life that they want either. Yeah, we're in a new time where businesses big and small are reevaluating how to work. And the remote model is gaining rapid speed. It's less about how many hours in your chair at your desk now, whether that's in an office or at home, and more about being accountable for the results of the job role. Okay, so your team is composed of all moms. Let's talk about a workplace that accommodates moms. Give us the details about your mission. So our mission is to really provide a work environment for young moms that can have the flexibility to raise their kids, to be the primary caregiver if that's what they want to do, and also provide them an opportunity for a career to develop their skills, to 
you know, learn new skills to be able to serve these businesses that have a social impact to be able to feel like they're that they're valued and that they have worth. I think so many times as mothers, when we become a mother, our career tends to become second place to our our role as a mom. And I don't think it has to always be that way. I don't think it has to be an either or. I think we can have both. And it might not be in the traditional sense. I think that's really difficult. But I think if we think outside of the box and we create these new kinds of environments that we have the opportunity to do with technology and the, and the way that the world is changing, you know, we can think outside of the box, create these different environments that maybe don't work quite the same way as they used to, but still deliver a quality product, still be able to serve our clients, but then give these moms an opportunity to really feel valued. Coming at it from a mother's perspective, because you are a mom, what types of things do you think businesses could be doing to better serve moms who are working full-time right now? You know, I think there are so many answers that I could give to that, but I think trust is a really big one because I think a lot of times when we're talking about a traditional work environment, there is a little bit of a lack of trust there that people need to be overseen. I need to be micromanaging you. I need to be looking over your shoulder at your computer. I need to be like monitoring what websites you're on, like all of that kind of stuff. And I think for moms, when we're having to take the day off because our kid is sick or we have to leave early to bring our child to a doctor's appointment or something like that. I mean, I don't remember the stat, but moms traditionally are doing that, those things, not dads. So it leaves us with this lack of trust in the workplace where, you know, this woman is flaky. She doesn't always come to meetings. She leaves early. She comes in late, like all of that kind of stuff. And that negative energy just creates this lack of trust where for us, I feel like we have that trust there. Maybe you're not going to get something done, you know, ASAP. Maybe you need extra time. Maybe there's a task that you're working on where you need to communicate a little bit more clearly because you're running late on it because your kid was sick or whatever. Like, But there's trust there that that will get done. And there's trust that you'll serve the client to the best of your ability. And I think regardless of what type of work environment you're in, whether it's remote or in person, I think the trust in knowing that the moms that are working for you are going to do the best that they can, that they're going to work really hard. I mean, I, I just feel like, moms are such hard workers. We do so much with so little time and so little resources that there really are a great asset to your business. But sometimes I think there's a lack of trust there in relying on them. How do you balance the needs of things like urgent deadlines where there is less buffer time with the needs of moms who may need some extra time for delivery? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So collaboration and communication. So we have had a lot of really frank conversations about what it means to be open and honest about your capacity. So I'm not going to, you know, fire you if you don't have the capacity to take on this client's work right now. I need I need you to be honest about whether or not you can take it on. If the answer is no, that's okay because we have other team members that have capacity perhaps to take it on. Or we need to look at the structure of our business and do we need to hire somebody else? So these are conversations that we've had a lot. And a lot of us have never worked in an environment like that, where that was actually the, it was actually true, where I am not going to fire you if you don't have capacity to take on a new project, like that's totally okay. But we just need to be open and honest about it and communicate that. 
I agree. Collaboration, lots of communication, and lots of organization. To highlight that organization, walk us through how you determine who takes on what project. We create a doc where they, where we write in all of the tasks that we are anticipating doing for the client. So, say we're managing their social media, you know, we'll write in, you know, getting their passwords, like very nitty gritty, all the different tasks. Then we will reach out on our task management system. We use ClickUp like, okay, who has capacity to take on which client? Not which client. Who has capacity to take on which task? They can highlight the bullet point, assign the task to themselves, and then our operations officer will go in and assign deadlines. And then from there, we will either set up meetings if we work at similar hours, or if we can't kind of find a meeting time, since we all work different schedules, we'll set up a video chat group where we can just leave video messages and kind of connect with people that way to talk about next steps and what we're going to be working on. Did you know that I have a free team growth roadmap? Imagine if you didn't spend all day, every day in the weeds of running your business. That can mean more flexibility, more freedom, less overwhelm. I created the team growth roadmap to help my clients gain direction on the strategic systems and leadership actions for a streamlined business and a self-managing team to grow your business. Inside the roadmap, I share my compass method, an acronym for each step of the roadmap to get you out of the weeds of running your business and help you have a small but mighty team that gives you more freedom and flexibility. You can get all the details over at AudreyJoyQuan.com. That's A-U-D-R-E-Y-J-O-Y-K-W-A-N.com or click the link in the show notes right there in your podcast app. Back to the show. In order to run your business part-time and to have a team of part-time contractors, I'm willing to bet that you've gotten really good at setting boundaries with clients. Yeah, I've learned the hard way about setting boundaries, especially with clients. Like my team is really great because we're all pretty much on the same page about our boundaries that our family comes first. If we have to hop off a meeting or we get back to someone tomorrow because we have stuff going on, that is understood and totally fine. For most of our clients too, honestly, it's the same, but there has been occasions where clients overstep boundaries. And so I've had to, well, really they didn't overstep boundaries. I just didn't create them. So I had to learn to do that. So most of our clients don't have my cell phone number, for example, so they can't be texting me at all hours of the night because that used to happen. (laughs) You know, they can contact me via email and I'll get back to them really quickly, or we can set up a Zoom call, things like that are better way to get a hold of me because then They get all of me instead of half of my brain when I'm trying to make dinner or I'm helping someone with homework. You don't want to get a text from me then because I'm not really in my CEO brain. I'm in my mom brain then and it's just not really, I'm not going to be at my best. So I've learned that that's the best way for me to serve my clients. And then that's the best way for me to be present with my family too, is to be, I mean, I'm not perfect at it for sure, but I think that being clear about that is really helpful. Having the flexibility to be a part-time CEO is what many aspire to. What's unique is choosing to keep your team part-time to honor the needs of working moms. Some might believe that all this hinders growth. What are your thoughts? Well, I think so far I've not gone full-time because I continued to hire part-time contractors. I could have gone full-time you know, months and months ago, because we have so many clients right now, and we're doing a lot of different things for them. But because I've hired part-time contractors, because I'm able to support them in their 
work that I don't have to be full time. And I think that that's really the beauty of what we're doing is that none of us have to be full time. We all can work at whatever capacity we choose because we have each other to, to lean on and to support. I want to know more about your account servicing. Who leads that function in your agency? Yeah, that would be me. And then a little bit our operations manager and a little bit we have um, a marketing director. And so she does a lot of our strategy. And right now, as we've grown to eight, she does a lot of our like overseeing that kind of thing. So right now, I would say the three of us probably split that. You've got a trifecta leadership team, and it sounds like your marketing manager aligns with how you do strategy. That's the part that many marketers building agencies have a difficult time handing off. In the case of your business, your marketing manager is set up to take on your overflow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, couldn't do this business without both of them. And I think like, you know, the triangle tripod is a pretty strong thing. And so we work really well together. We have complementary skills. We have similar lifestyles. And so we can really lean on each other and understand where we're at with capacity and with our life and things like that. So it's been really wonderful. I feel really lucky to have found them that they're just as dedicated as I am to the work that we're doing. And you know they have the same vision for providing this environment for other moms. We've talked about some ideas that you've wanted to implement in the future to build a business that can better benefit moms. Tell us more. I would love to have part of our benefits that we can offer our contractors are services that they need to help their house run smoother so that they can focus on their kids and focus on their work. So things like laundry service or cleaning service, things like that. I think that would be so awesome. Like I would love that. So I know it would be it would be so great to offer that because it's one of those things where you take care of your kids, you get your work done, and then all that other stuff just kind of tends to sit there and pile up, but it makes you feel stressed. So to have those kinds of things taken care of for you as part of the business, I think would be beneficial all the way around. I love how remote work is pushing us to rethink perks. I've seen agency owners try to offer a step in for housekeeping services. And it makes complete sense because when people are working from home, especially when people suddenly have no choice but to work from home due to something like the pandemic, that step in ultimately relieves the stress of that housework and gives people back more brain space to focus. Yeah, because I feel like for us on our team as part-time workers and moms, our brains are already split. So then to split it again into like the laundry and the housework and the dishes and meals and like all that kind of stuff. It's like, how many ways can you divide your brain before it doesn't work as good anymore? So definitely, if we can take things off of their plate would be really awesome. Any other ideas that you've come across that can support moms with young kids working remotely? Yeah, I think childcare support is another thing. So I worked for a co-working space a couple years ago that had on-site childcare and it was just four hours and you could work there. And then the kids were just upstairs with a daycare provider. And so you still felt like you had a couple of hours of free brain space to focus on your work, but your kids were right there if they needed something or if you were still nursing or things like that. Um, and I thought that was a really cool balance. So finding things like that in the places where our contractors live, you know, providing them that kind of support, whether that's, you know, externally like that co-working space or even internally for having a mother's helper or a babysitter come over and help manage those tasks so that they can work also. But it's not a full-time going to daycare and all of that. It's kind of 
only in those part-time hours that they're working to have kind of that extra space to focus would be really helpful. But I think the key would be in knowing your team well enough and communicating well enough to know like, okay, here are your needs and how can we support that? Because it's going to look different for everybody. And so I think just having options available for people to choose from would be ideal. Kara, before we wrap up here, what keeps you inspired and at your best? Sure. So what keeps me inspired is being in uh, mastermind groups or other uh, groups with other entrepreneurs. So in my life, I don't have a lot of entrepreneur examples like in my personal life. And, you know, with my team, we can talk a little bit about that. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm still their CEO. So it's a little bit weird to kind of have those, oh, I'm struggling with this issue in our business, you know, talking about that with people that are on your team is a little bit difficult. So I really stay inspired in, in masterminds and in groups with other entrepreneurs where we can really talk about the struggles that we're having and, and troubleshoot issues and brainstorm new ideas and go to trainings and learn new things and get inspired. That really lights me up and that's really exciting. So I love to participate in those. That really inspires me professionally. Personally, reading inspires me. So I really try to carve out time. It's actually something that's been on my calendar for a while. Like my routine tracker is reading for 30 minutes every day, like a pleasure book not a business book or anything like that, because that just is really fun and and helps to remind me to open my mind and to think about things in a new way. So I often have really big shifts in how we run our business, sometimes just from reading like a fiction book, because it allows my brain to totally decompress and stop thinking about work and thinking about something totally different. And what keeps me at my best is rest. I'm definitely a person that needs a lot of hours of sleep or I do not function very well. So me plus newborns equals bad. So don't don't expect me to start a business when I have new babies around because that would be a disaster. So I just really protect my sleep time and make sure that I go to bed on time. Well, I don't always go to bed on time, but I try really hard to make to protect that sleep time because yeah. if I don't, then I don't know, I probably will make poor decisions. <laughs> sleep makes me think better and running helps me refocus. I actually prefer treadmill running because I'm not on the street dealing with lights and avoiding people and traffic. The treadmill makes it easier for me to focus on things like my heart rate. That's funny that you don't think about business when you're running because I feel like I would do that. I think that's because running is a hobby. I I love sprint running and that requires me to focus on my breath. When I'm doing that, it's hard for me to think about anything else. I, I do know what you mean about running and thinking about work. When I'm going at a slower pace, my brain can wander too. Kara, thank you so much for joining us. Where can we find you online? Yes, I am everywhere on the internet, socialforgood.co. So Instagram, that's our website, you know, all the places. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Small But Mighty Agency podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes. It would mean the world to me. Or send a screenshot on Instagram while tagging me at Audrey Joy Kwan.